The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. On the line now, the Federal MP for Karangamite, Libby Coker. Good morning. Yeah, good morning to you. How are you coping with lockdown, Mitchell? Yeah, it's been a bit tough, uh, particularly when the announcement came through on Saturday, but I've since composed my thoughts and uh, feeling not too bad. I know there's a lot of people out there that are doing it far tougher than me, particularly people with insecure work. Yes, that's right. Look, we've had a number of calls coming into our office, whether it's businesses or, or individuals who are, yes, feeling it, trying to help people as much as we can. Now, the Prime Minister on the ABC Insiders program yesterday said he thought it was unlikely that Australia could get back to zero COVID. Are you still optimistic that that is an achievable goal? I think zero is going to be challenging, but we do need the most important thing is that we protect people. I mean, the Prime Minister has said this is not a race, and it certainly is a race against this Delta strain. You know, Morrison had two, has two jobs, speedy rollout of the vaccine and quarantine, and he has failed on both. I'd like to see greater leadership, uh, you know, whether it's bushfires or robo-dead, aged care, car park rorts, you know, treatment of women in Parliament. He certainly is not showing great leadership, and COVID is something that we need leadership on now. So things like incentives for people to get the jab, I think, are really essential. Uh, we've seen uh, AstraZeneca, uh, the take-up is not as great as what it uh, needs to be. I've been speaking with local doctors, and what they're saying to me is AstraZeneca is staying in the fridge and it's not in people's arms, and that's what we need. We need to have a really... Uh, positive campaign with messaging that actually explains that there is little risk and there's far more risk uh, if you don't get vaccinated. And we also obviously need a greater uh, amount of visor into the country and we need to encourage young people to get vaccinated as well. Uh, just, yeah, there's a bit of confusion about this whole rollout situation because it sounds like there's AstraZeneca doses going to waste. But at the same time, I talked to someone here at the station that was trying to book in for a vaccination. They said they couldn't find an appointment for the next four weeks. Yet Christine Cousins this morning said that uh, she's checked with Bowen Health and says that there are appointments. So somewhere along the line between the federal government supplying them and the vaccine appointments, there seems to be some sort of disconnect. Look, I think the the amount of transparency from the federal government on the rollout has been very poor and it's led to confusion and it's it's also led to anxiety and, in some cases, anger. Uh, I am speaking to many doctors, many GPs on the ground here, whether it's Bannockburn, whether it's Newcombe, whether it's down in the Ballerine or Surf Coast. And I'm being told that there are vaccines that are not being used, the AstraZeneca, and that we need more people to take up appointments. And I just had my second jab um, myself um, during the week and there was no problem getting a, 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 an appointment. Uh, I do think that we, it's, it, is, it is about um, people getting on board. So, uh, yeah, what do we do from here, particularly around the vaccine rollout? Because the federal government is saying it's getting better. I believe they've apologised and said, yes, it wasn't very good for a while, but it's getting better. Is that what you're seeing on the ground? Do you think it has improved over the last month or so? 
Look, I think it's improving despite the federal government, not because of it. I think people are taking it upon themselves to get vaccinated. They do know that this is their passport to freedom and we all need to, uh, we all want to return to some normality. Uh, for local businesses, they are doing it hard and uh, this having to shut down and then start up again uh, is hard for them. And obviously it has consequences for people's jobs and their ability to, you know, put food on the table and mental health is another issue. So these are all, um, unfortunately, the impacts of a federal government that hasn't done its job well. Uh, to look to the future, we have to try to be positive and constructive. And really, the key the key is get those vaccinations into vaccines into the country and get as many people to get the vaccinated as possible. And look, it is encouraging the numbers are going up. I'm really pleased to hear that. Um, the response to Afghanistan, some very moving pictures over the last week of the situation in Afghanistan, which appears to be rapidly deteriorating. Are we doing enough, Australia? Look, I'm very pleased to hear that flights um, have safely landed back in Australia and we're hopeful that more float flights will follow. But really for months, veterans, former prime ministers and Labor has been urging action from the Morrison uh, Choice Government to fulfil its moral obligation to the Afghans and who have risked everything to support our mission in their country. And now what we're seeing is instead of uh, Afghans uh, being able to, who've helped us, uh, giving them a safe passage, they're climbing onto the sides of planes and we're hearing terrible news about the treatment of Afghans now in um, Afghanistan and I've spoken and am continuing to speak to our Afghan community and it is really a very emotional, anxious time for families here who have family back in Afghanistan. What we need is a plan um, from the federal government and at this stage it's we're not seeing we're not seeing that plan. What we do need, we need to see uh, visas being applied. At the moment, we've got thirteen thousand places, and really, it was underdone. We we ha- should have been ha- should have had more visas for Afghans and prepare for this onslaught before it has occurred. We also do need to look at applying, um, getting rid of temporary protection visas. This has been Labor's policy for some time and enabling um, Afghans in Australia now to have permanent visas and to apply for citizenship. There is more we can do. If the government were to uh, provide a plan to enable more Afghan uh, refugees here in Australia um, to come from Afghan Afghanistan, we would certainly consider that. Uh, I I am personally um, really struggling with what has occurred in Afghanistan and I, I want to see this government do so much more. The Prime Minister wouldn't really answer the question on Insiders yesterday as to whether or not the Biden administration got the call wrong to withdraw troops from Afghanistan. Do you have a view on that? Look, it's it's uh, the decision to withdraw... Um, at, it was, we, we know that it was going to happen at some point. To me, it's more about the planning for a withdrawal that would ensure that people uh, who need our protection receive it. 
Now, obviously, we can't protect every person in Afghanistan um, from the Taliban, and that is a very sad thing. But what we can do is for those who are in, uh, in particular, um, I suppose, uh, particularly in need of protection uh, and who have helped us on this journey, we should be helping them. And at the moment, I see that this government is failing those people. It's really upsetting to my, to the Afghanistan community here in Australia uh, and we need to do so much better. I would like to see, instead of um, this Prime Minister um, really dilly-dallying, not doing enough, that we need to actually put things in place to get those citizens out of the country. When you were last on the program, we spoke about the 12 Apostles gas drilling, which seems to have concerned a lot of people down that way. I'm just wondering, where mm. did we get to on that? Is that going ahead or not? Look, there is a... Um, the, the state government has uh, signed off on the agreement. Uh, I personally still stand opposed to drilling uh, so close to the 12 apostles. As I've said previously, the 12 apostles are an icon. Um, you know, we have, at, in normal times, Mitchell, we have, um, you know, six million or more people who come down uh, to our region to explore the 12 apostles and we need to protect that as an icon. So I still stand opposed to that drilling and um, and will continue to voice my um, opposition to it. But it would seem that it's unfortunately going ahead, is that right? Look, at this point, um, we, we've we got the um, state, as I said, have just signed off. So, you know, there it, it is about... Um, those sort of government um, ticks of approval uh, do mean that um, you know it's it's a um, it's basically a, it's it's decided, uh, but we do need to continue to voice our views, and I understand that um, the communities right along the Great Ocean Road have also been standing up and voicing their views. Um, sometimes uh, when we raise our voice, uh, we can be heard. So I'd continue. I really continue to um, advocate to people to make sure that um, all governments know their views. The latest climate report, and also we spoke to Will Stefan on the program last week, uh, Professor Will Stefan, and he said that July was the hottest month on record. Um, a lot of this seems to be very similar to previous reports. I don't know if there's much that's actually changed from previous reports that we've seen. What do you think? I think it's really a line in the sand. This report uh, has said that we've reached code red and that we must act and that we should have been acting. Uh, and I think what it is is, is a, a red flag to say that time's up and it is it really is incumbent on the federal government and state governments to do everything they can to reduce our emissions and to stop the, the world from heating up. And at this point, the federal government shows very little willingness to do that. They really have not even got a significant um, target. Uh, we're saying by 2050, zero net emissions. The uh, federal government has not got that figure. They need to step up and show leadership. It matters for the planet. It matters for young people. It matters for all our futures. And it's actually about jobs too. So we've talked about um, the, the setting up um, specific um, 
a specific program to create jobs for renewable energy, to actually make the grid ready to accept renewable energy, to actually have community batteries in place. Um, but really, we are not the government. This, this Prime Minister and his government must take ownership for their absolutely woeful behaviour on climate action. Now, it is this government that is going to be in Glasgow and in November representing Australia and they need to have targets that give Australians comfort that we're acting at this stage. It is really woeful. It's it's really depressing. I know that young people in my region are very, very angry and upset and they will continue to be until this government takes action. If they don't, we will. And uh, since we last spoke, there's now two new opponents running for Karangamite in the mix. Just wondering, uh, you've done it before, served on local council and run a federal campaign. Is it possible or is it just too onerous on someone's time to be able to do both? To to work and be a candidate? No, to be a local government councillor and a federal candidate. I mean, you've done it. You weren't the mayor, to be fair, at that time. But can Mm. you be a local government councillor and can you also be running a federal campaign at the same time or is it just too much work particularly in a marginal seat i think the key if you're talking about the current mayor of geelong uh, i think it is about leadership and uh, governance and transparency and being able to do your job without conflicts of interest now to be a councillor, and I was a councillor when I was a candidate, is one thing. And I think that you can step back from decisions and that you can um, be very thoughtful and ensure that governance applies. When you're the mayor, you are the figurehead for one of the largest um, councils in our state and you have a, have a deciding decision at the chamber in the chamber. You are the one who puts forward the priorities for the region, who engages with leaders of parties, whether Liberal or Labor or Green. You are the one who is out there representing your region and you are being paid a a fair sum to do that. So to be able to be um, a councillor is one thing, but to be the mayor and to do that and actually manage it without conflict of interest, I think is really quite um, a, a real challenge. Uh, I believe that it, the, the Mayor has to make her own decision, but I do think guidelines uh, have should be adhered to and conflict of interest is going to be a key concern. And what any um, elected representative must do is put their community first not their own ambitions, and they must also be fair and have integrity. And that is is up for question when you are a mayor who is there to lead the region and put them in the best position and support the community, and then you are also there as a candidate representing yourself and having to liaise with members of different parties on different issues and you have a casting vote. So there are some real questions there, but those questions are for her to answer, not for me. But what we really want is people in government to actually be their best and to represent without question, without fear or favour. And that is something that we all must do if people are going to have confidence 
in the positions we hold. And we all know, Mitchell, that there's a lot of cynicism out there about people in government and the view that people are there to feather their own nest. And we, each of us, it's incumbent on us to show that that's not the case. So really, there's questions for the Mayor rather than for me, actually, on that one. Well, thanks for being on the program, and we'll talk to you again, hopefully, in a month's time. Yeah, look, take care, Mitchell. Um, and, and I do, just in closing, want to wish everyone out there across my region, uh, stay safe, get vaccinated, do wear your mask, social distance. And if you have real issues, people can contact my office in Armstrong Creek. We're still here. We're running a skeleton staff, but we're here and I want to do my best for the community. So please give us a call if you want some advice or support. Thanks, Mitchell. Thank Take you care. very much. Libby Coker there, the uh, MP for Corangamite. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.